Welcome, Wombo, and thank you for being a part of the first episode of Fandom Phantoms. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for the invite, Ventus. Uh, what are we here to talk about? I mean, I'm pretty sure my background should obviously uh, give us a hint of what today's topic is, but you introduce it. Yep. Today we'll be discussing full-on spoilers for Kingdom Hearts in all its beautiful and confusing glory. Yeah, I mean, for people that haven't played the Kingdom Hearts series, I would say this is probably one of the most confusing um, stories to keep up with. Even even though they sort of try to help you along the way in this game by kind of uh, telling, mentioning past characters, if you don't really know their story, you, you get completely lost in everything. Now, let's start a little bit with your background for Kingdom Hearts. Like, personally, the first time I played was when I was, like, seven or eight, and a cousin let me borrow the game, but... I didn't really get into it until I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. Um, okay. When did the Kingdom Hearts 1 come out? 2002. Two. It's two. Okay. Years now. So, geez, let me subtract my age. So then, because I, I played it when it first came out. So let's see. 17 years ago. Um, dude, I was, oh man. I was 14 when the game came out. Wow. So that's my first experience with the game, as far as I can remember. Uh, actually, I think the reason I got the game, funny story, is um, I, I don't know. I don't, before it was called GameStop, I, if I remember, I think GameStop used to be called something else. Uh, I think it used to be called like something with an F. Like Funko Land? Was it Funko Land? Yeah, something like that. It, um, no, because the Funko Pops have a similar name. It was Funko something. Yeah, uh, so I used that's where I used to buy my games. And um, when you bought games, every time they still do, I think they still do. They offer you Game Informer for like a year or whatever subscription. Yep. And so I had that subscription, and so you get a monthly Game Informer, and it, there's always a featured game, right? The featured yeah. game in one of the magazines I got was Kingdom Hearts. That is how I got introduced to Kingdom Hearts. I saw the pictures. I didn't know anything about the game until I saw it. I, at that point, I had played Final Fantasy games, so I kind of knew who Square was. Um, but to see them do a Disney collab was what caught my eye. And so as soon as the game came out, I bought it, fell in love with the series. Um, and that was my introduction to the Kingdom Hearts universe. Huh. See, I never played Final Fantasy, so... I just loved Disney, and so my cousin was like, here you go, try this out. I never really got much into it originally. I played through Kingdom Hearts 2 a little bit through Roxas' story, but I never got mm-hmm. much further than, like, the second world, so... Oh, okay, okay. Now, uh, have you personally played all the games? Okay, so here's here's where some people might, like, like not... Uh destroy me or cannot consider me a real fan. I've played all the Kingdom Hearts... Up except for um, the the what is it? I think it's uh, the one with the rocks, the one with Roxas, Ventus, and Aqua, like their story. So that's the only one I didn't play, which was Birth by Sleep. If I'm Birth correct, by sleep, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's my personal favorite. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people's favorites, which is why when the scene with Aqua when they first did the trailer at E3 and they showed her getting Norded, like I the reactions that people had, those reactions was not something that I had. Like I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I could see why, but I never played that one. So please do not roast me, Kingdom Hearts fandom. <laughs> I I I get it. I do know the story though. So in preparation for three, I did watch a, like a. Like a video, like a I think it was like a video of all the of like the whole entire story, including the cutscenes, basically almost like an entire playthrough 
of that game. So I knew going into Kingdom Hearts 3 what I was getting into. Like, because I had played um, 2. Obviously, if you play 1, you go to 2. Um, played even uh, Chain of Memories, but not, not, the, not the console version, the actual Game Boy Advance version, which was horrible to begin with. Like, nobody liked the card battle system. Nobody likes a card battle system. It was stupid. But me being a Kingdom Hearts fan, I had to get it. And um, and then I played, um, I played, like I said, didn't play Birth by Sleep, but I did play the 3DS one, which was Dream Drop Distance, which is, uh, so that one, which was technically, you could kind of call it Kingdom Hearts 3, because it takes place after 2, but it connects into 3, but that's why I think they joke about it. They call It's called Kingdom Hearts, what, 2.8? Or, and in spoilers, when you play Kingdom Hearts 3, I think like the first world is just as they meme it. There's a meme in there yeah. where after, after you finish the first world, it's instead of saying straight Kingdom Hearts 3, it says Kingdom Hearts 2.9. As in like, oh, one little extra little egg before you officially start. I think they, I don't know if they did that as a little meme to their own, uh, how many games they have out that people that you they just number. I think that's what it was. I think it was that too, which I remember when I first saw 2.9 come up, I was very shocked and then yeah. about it. Cause it, it was yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Now, have you played the mobile game since that's the direction it seems to be? Okay. The mobile game. I Even though I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, I had this thing where it's like, dude, I don't want to get sucked into mobile games. Like, um, um, I've, I saw it. I didn't play it. But I do know that the mobile game is basically the real prequel prequel it takes place during like i know the story of the mobile game it introduces uh the the uh what is it uh the foretellers and then their division of uh children keyblade wielders and then the war and i know that they um that they also another spoiler for when we get down the road there they are also shown in the game in their own way we'll get to that when we get to that part but uh, yeah, I know about it. I didn't play it, but I know that if you played it, you get like a special Keyblade unlocked for playing the mobile game. I personally just started dabbling in the mobile game, but similar to you with Birth by Sleep, I watch the cutscenes of the back cover and some of the story behind the mobile game. Yeah. That way I understood going into it who some of these characters were and why they were important. Yeah, I... At that scene where that kid, uh, that person showed up, I did not know who it was, but I put two and two together when you uh, when um, you start writing all the keys. So it, I mean, it kind of made sense. I already knew that that's where the big keyblade were. So I suspected that that character was from the mobile game. I just didn't know his name. Yeah. Now, Kino Heart's been out for about two months now, right? Came out for yeah. the 29th. So- mm-hmm. Um, how many times have you played it? Because I know people who have played it 10 plus times and people like me who have only played it once. Okay, I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm one of those, I played it once, enjoyed it for what it was. I let the ending sink in. Um, and I was, I usually like, maybe back in the day, I used to care about like uh, getting everything in a game, like completing the, so like, I know you can get like the ultimate weapon and uh, I think they just uh, announced. They just showed how you can get the secret boss. Yeah. There is a secret boss in the game. Like I might go back and do that, but I've only played it once. I was thinking of playing it in proud mode, but then when I saw other people talk about how proud mode is um, 
not that difficult. That is basically like a. It's almost like if that's why people are waiting for the for the what is it chaos mode, which is going to be like critical. critical, yeah, critical mode, which is supposed to be harder. But proud mode is like people are like, no, you're not going to have that much difficulty in proud mode. So I didn't see the challenge in playing it again um, because I unlocked the secret ending because every every Kingdom Hearts always has a secret ending. Okay. I unlocked it. I unlocked it because I I was obsessed with the Mickey Mouse symbols, which is how you unlock the ending. Um, because I'm like, dude, I, I obviously you get a good reward, and they mention in the beginning, oh, something good might happen. Which it is a Kingdom Hearts fan in my head. It's like, oh, it probably unlocks something at the end. So I'm gonna look for those uh, Mickey Mouse things. But I did find out though that if you play Proud Mode, you don't need to collect all of those symbols to unlock the secret ending. They never give it a certain number, but it's a, a the producer just said it's just a small number you need to gather. I played Proud Mode and I think I unlocked it after 30 or something like that, maybe 35 of them. So, not because there's a whole yeah, day, right? Yeah, but I found that I think for normal mode you just need 90, so it makes sense if for Proud Mode it's just 30. Because some of those are like, like when I found them, I'm like, dude, I, you would never know that they're up here unless you get like a clue and you hope that Goofy or Donald mentioned, hey, there might be a lucky symbol. Around here, but all they really do is, and it's become a meme, is they just keep yep. goddamn telling you there's ingredients around here. There's fucking ingredients around here. It's like, yep, yep. that's serious. On the topic of that ending and the secret ending, I know some people didn't enjoy the ending, but what are your thoughts on it? All right, so if we're going to jump to full spoilers now, I guess this is a spoiler warning, but then you yep. already announced it at the beginning. Um, the ending, okay. So the ending. I guess makes sense in the in the realm of like you want to keep the series going. How do you keep it going? You obviously Rock says to continue his adventure, but he needs a new reason to continue and comes in uh, heavy plot point from day one. Uh, Kyrie, the main reason Sora even went on this whole journey was for Kyrie. I mean, yes, he wanted to save Riku as well, but it was mainly Kyrie. Yeah. Um, same thing. Kyrie disappears again. Roxas mentions it every time he gets close to finally being with her. He gets take. He gets separated from her. I thought that ending was perfect because, um, like I said, it continues the story. What I but what I'm confused about is so there's there's technically three ending movies. At, at, actually, four if you include the secret ending. Because if you don't if you don't get enough symbols, you also don't get the ending that where we get to see the what do you call it. The well, a certain character is still alive. We know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Um, I think we're right now. It starts with uh, it's his ex- name is Lucia? yeah, not his real name, Luci. Lu- yeah, but his uh, his his organization name was um, Zigbar. Zigbar, yeah. So you can you also need the symbols for that ending, but before we, yeah, because I saw I saw somebody. After I beat it, I wanted I watched other uh, streamers play the game, like streamers that I, I know love the series. Like I'm like people like Keyblade Sarah. I'm sure you know who she is. Yeah. So which I watched her play through, and she didn't get the ending with Z- with uh, Zigbar. So I'm assuming it's because she didn't get enough symbols, and she played on proud mode. So I think she did proud mode. Hmm. But um, yeah. She so only got like the the first two ending movies, the one where it just cuts off after they're back on Destiny Island and she didn't get to see the Zigbar ending. Um, but yeah, that ending was really good. Um, I I assume that because Sora said he's going alone, maybe 
I don't know if there's some foretelling of like maybe Square and Disney might not work on the next Kingdom Hearts. Like they might want to get away from Disney, um, which would which would give Sora the reason to not need Mickey and Donald. Maybe there's a I don't, Disney's kind of like I know they're like for certain games collaborations like uh, they're very protective of their uh, IPs and stuff. So because I there, I'm sure you heard there was also that thing where they limited square on what they can do in the frozen world because like apparently they were they're like no this can't you cannot we can't allow this this or this or this like they the director said that was probably the heaviest world where they had the most restrictions to what disney allowed them to do with that world which you can kind of see because the world um as much as i like the aspects of the world some of the things you do in the world weren't that entertaining like finding olaf in my opinion was pretty boring yeah looking for these pieces it kind of pulled you away from the game, and I think that is partially because they had so many harsh restrictions on it. Yeah, because I guess people were expecting that the boss in that world was going to be that guy that kidnaps uh, Elsa. But oh yeah, yeah, that's what everybody expected. But you you don't even you, they barely even show his face. Also, like if you like, it's always from the back. Um, like by the time you get to Elsa, uh, he's just passed out already. Like it's just yeah. like. Like because obviously he gets he gets knocked out he knocks himself out when he tries to uh, down her with the sword hits um, hits the ice sculpture of uh, Elsa's sister, um, but yeah you never fight him the boss is kind of weird that world is yeah like you said most of it was just uh, climbing the mountain and a lot of like uh, mini games which was like the Olaf one you mentioned the snowboarding one which is sort of a mini game i i consider it a mini game even though you're being chased by monsters but uh yeah but oh yeah back to the ending sorry so mm-hmm. this so, so you get that ending and then you get like an extra video which is uh all all you get to see what happens with everybody which is awesome everybody gets their final closure i mean they had to wrap up everything i mean you get you get roxas goes off uh not roxas sorry sora roxas uh, Lee or Axel, as I think people just prefer to call him Axel. Uh, Shion, they're finally reunited. They're on the tower. They're all happy eating ice cream. Um, and then they're joined by Roxas' friends who he doesn't really remember because, you know, Roxas doesn't have those memories. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then what else? Who else? Get, oh, and then you see Ventus, Terra, Aqua. They get their ending as well. They go. Uh, Basically, I guess in a sense, bury away their uh, master. Even though all they really do is just put a his keyblade as a monument, and they and they go off, and then Roxas or Ventus is reunited with the uh, the little I don't know the little Charity. things name Charity, yeah. And then who else gets? Oh, and then everybody. The one thing I guess a lot of people really wanted was Nominee because there's a lot of Nominee fandom out there. Uh, yeah. She gets brought back. Uh, thanks to the help of uh, Ansem, um, was it was it Lo- what's his name? Lock Loxus Loxus, I think. Oh, uh, Lexus slash Alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like human name. I don't know what to call them. Human their names. Their their human names are their names. Uh, in I think in without the X, like Axel. Yeah. yeah, you just take out the X, and that's their name. So she gets brought back, and Riku's there to greet her. Because I guess I they're gonna go on an adventure, so that kind of I guess if they do another Kingdom Hearts, that's that's I'm assuming Riku and 
uh, nominee are like a thing now? Because, well, I guess it's, I feel like they're trying to put them together because Riku's uh, his heartless or his other one, his other, I guess, whatever you want to call him, his other half, like had a thing for nominee. Like he yeah. protected her and everything. So makes sense why he's there. And what who else gets there? And I think, and so that's that ending. You know, everybody everybody's happy. All everybody gets their story told. Mickey goes back home, all that. But then you get the island ending, which is they're all out there celebrating on Destiny Island. Um, music kicks in, uh, obviously the the song by Utara. Um, but then you see something that like is confusing. So you they all, everybody's having fun. Everybody's um, playing on the beach. They look in the distance, and then they see Sora and Kyrie on on the palm trees uh, together. They're holding hands, so you know. The, so like, it's that moment that everybody you think you think they're finally gonna kiss, maybe because I don't know what they were. Try, it looks like that's what they were trying to set yeah. up. And then she tears up. So then that tear comes down. You're like, wait, why is she tearing up? The sun gets brighter. Sora fades. In like like cloud like Thanos basically finger snap he's gone. Yep. Um. Then you're like okay wait what the hell wait so Kyrie's there but Sora's not there does so that makes me think that Sora somehow found Kyrie and was able to get her back but Mickey did mention in the ending that even if he finds her he might not be able to come back. So which is I think what they're trying to say is that he did find her. Because, I mean, I don't think they'd be looking off into the distance that nobody was there. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming he found Kyrie. That's what I think, based on that ending. Then, uh, what is it? You get a third ending, which would be the, the Zigbar ending. You find out he really didn't die, number one. Number two, he's one of the, uh, one of the what is it, six of them? I don't think it's... I th- there is. All right, there's... Um, hold up, let me... One, two... Three, four, five. Yeah, I think there's six. One doesn't show up. I think there's six of them. So what are they called again? The foretellers. The foretellers. So it turns out Zigbar is one of the foretellers. The one that the Master of Masters had entrusted with guarding the black box that you keep hearing about but never get to see throughout the whole game until the end. Um, he tells them that uh, I guess he basically admits he gets. I, and the foretellers are alive. I guess we all thought somehow. they were dead, but somehow they're. You, you know, Kingdom Hearts. I feels like no. almost nobody dies. I no. mean, Jesus. I mean, with the whole theory of hearts can live in other people. I mean, uh, Terra Ventus, their master was inside Terra their whole the whole time. Like what the hell? I mean, he. But they're supposed they're technically dead now. They, he just came out for that one special scene. Um. So he Zigbar. Or I don't I don't know what his real name is. I feel like we you know we should have like these things pulled up of like their real names just to so that we're not like just. Uh... I know he's Brag Zigbar Lucio. I think's his new name. And I think that's all the names he has right now. But yeah, keep giving them more and more. Yeah. Okay. Names. So basically, yeah. Um. He he, he gathers the others. Uh. And he tells them, okay, um, well, looks like my plan sort of worked. Like, that's pretty much what he's saying. It's like, yeah, this is all, this is all, like, this is all supposed to happen. Um, so that, uh, I guess, they move on with the next phase of the plan, which, because they know, because if you played, uh, what is it, the mobile game, you know that the Master of Masters wrote a book 
that foretold what's going to happen, basically the future. He saw the future thanks to the Keyblade, the, which I don't know the name of the Keyblade that he has, but it's the one that has the eye that can tell you what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, he wrote a book that told that f- laid out everything that's going to happen. He gave this, I think he gave one to each of his uh, pupils. And that's where, the, but uh, in the lore, he, not all of them said the same thing. There was a couple twists in there. Uh, that one of, one of them mentioned it mentioned in all of them that there is a traitor amongst them, which is why the Keyblade Wars started because um, they did, nobody knew who to trust. Um, but the one that doesn't show up, I don't know her name. Let me see. It's Ava, I believe. Is her Ava, name. yeah, Ava. So she doesn't show up, but apparently she doesn't show up because she had also another uh, her own mission from the Master of Masters, so we don't... I'm assuming we're going to get whatever that mission was in the next Kingdom Hearts. Because Zigbar basically says, oh, no, don't worry. It's all going according to plan if she's doing her mission. It's all... It's basically what... So... You get that ending, and then you get one more scene with uh, Ansem, young Ansem, and young... Um, the Master's name. See, this, this is how you know I didn't play Birth by, uh, Birth by Sleep. I don't even know the Master's uh, name. Ericus. Ericus. Where they finished their game of chess, which is basically like what what was uh what was Kingdom Hearts ending basically much foretold where like oh you think it's over but I I end up winning, so they he loses they clear the board and he says oh I have a new game that we can play I just heard about it and he puts out new new symbols uh no pieces I mean and on the pieces on Ansem's side are the six. Uh, of uh, master of master students, each with their own animal head, which is what they represent each house. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a couple pieces that are also on that side that you, we don't know who they are yet, because you know the new player is going to come in. Um, and then on his on on um, on the light side, I guess, because you know there's darkness and light. Yep. There's there's uh, well, how many? I think there's seven pieces again. I think, if I remember. I just remember seeing Sora's little crown, and of course. Oh, actually, no. I think it was only he only put Sora's crown. Yeah, I think that's the only piece he put for now. So that's basically foreshadowing. I'm assuming the next game. Okay, so then that ending clears, and then you get the. By this point, if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you know there's always a secret ending, which requires you to collect a lot of stuff. I think the first Kingdom Hearts ending was you had to collect all the Dalmatian puppies. Yep, still haven't done that one. <laughs> I did it because I found out about it through, once again, Game Informer said, hey, you know, there's a secret ending and you just have to collect all the puppies. Uh, so I had to, back in the day, uh, find the guide. I think one of the Game Informers actually had the guide over they were all at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a secret ending. Um, every, I'm sure most people have seen it. If you, if you didn't unlock it, you saw it on YouTube or yeah. somebody else. You get... Uh, uh, Sora wakes up. Riku wakes up. They both wake up apparently in somewhere in Tokyo, but at different uh, locations in Tokyo and uh, somewhere in Japan. I mean, not Tokyo. So I think Sora's supposed to be in Tokyo, and I think Riku's supposed to be in Shibuya. And they both wake up. Uh, the worlds look ultra realistic, which kind of is a departure from like the fantasy worlds because like it like Sora is even surprised like he's never seen a car like it looks everything looks new to him like there's cars there's people um and they're just trying to figure out what's going on they're walking in the city you see um you see two characters shown one which is actually shown in the game in a scene where I like uh Toy Story World 
that world starts off with a scene, a cutscene, like right off the bat. And I was like, what the? F-? I was like, I th- I assumed it was like maybe something to like. It, it's so that character, his name was uh, Yozora. Yozora, which if you pay, if you if you think about it, it sounds like a mixture of Roxas's name and Sora. He look okay. He looks like Riku number one almost. Yep. That's the first thing I thought. Um, it, uh, except I guess not. He has like his hair is a little bit different, but he looks like Riku. One of his eyes is red. One of his eyes is blue. So he's in the game, but in the game on the Toy Story, he's introduced as a video game character. Like, oh, it doesn't exist. This is just a video game. But in the secret ending, Yozora shows up. So it kind of tells you, I guess, they want to connect those worlds. Uh, he's watching over, I think, Riku, not Sora specifically, if that's what the theory is. Um, and then you see the Master of Masters. I'm assuming it's the Master of Masters. We could be wrong. It could be another person that we don't know. I'm assuming it's the Master of Masters. It's the only person that I can think of. He's in that same universe. Uh, he's looking at the moon in a distance, and he puts his his hands in the shape of a heart over the moon. So that tells me they want to still do the, oh, uh, yeah, Kingdom, the Kingdom Hearts plan is still going on. Like We're still going to open Kingdom Hearts. I don't know how. Because, uh, like I said, based on the ending, I think they want to get away from Disney. Because, like I said, Sora's alone in that ending, in that secret yeah. ending. But I don't know why they would show Maleficent in the Zigbar ending. Like, like she, she, Maleficent and Pete are in the distance watching them talk about the, the black box and everything. That's the thing. Maleficent's still, like, the main bad, sort of. But not yeah. Really. But she still acts like she had importance. But... She didn't do anything in this game, but they keep building her up. So I feel like they have to have some sort of resolution somewhere. Yeah, I think I think like you said, that is really true. Like she played almost no part, but because she knew, she even told Pete at one point when they it looked like they were going to give up on the box. She said, "No, it's going to happen. We just have to wait till the final battle. That's when we'll see the black box." And she was right. She she called their shot. They showed up just at the right time. So I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm assuming based on how, I mean, how well the game did sales-wise, obviously there's people who are critical about the game, too easy, stories so confusing, especially for new players that came in. Like, I I don't mind new players coming into Kingdom Hearts 3. Hey, I have nothing. If more, more people that get to enjoy Kingdom Hearts, I love it. But I feel like those same people should have been prepared uh, that if you play without playing the other ones, and you're confused, and you have no idea what the hell's going on, you're obviously not going to enjoy it. Like, the game has some bad things in it, um, I would say. But I love the game overall. Story, I, it was fun. The combat felt amazing. But obviously, people can nitpick some things. The combat's easy. It's easy, but I thought it was fun, especially with the transformations on the Keyblades. I think that kept it fresh. Uh, one thing I guess I could see that people complained about was the attractions. Because yeah. the attractions, all right. I'll give my opinion on them, but I want to hear your opinion. Actually, before we get to the attractions, I want to hear your opinion on the endings, because I already gave mine. So let's hear yours. But another... uh, Let me add real quick note. Apparently, also, the ending, the secret ending, apparently it takes place in another game that was made by the same... uh, What's his name? Uh, Director? Uh, uh, Called... Namora, yeah. I think he made a game for the... I don't know what system. It was a handheld. But it's called The World Ends With You or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that's why one of the towers people recognize it. It's actually in that game. And the art style is the same as Kingdom Hearts. Uh, that, that It was like a mobile game. A uh, handheld game, I mean. I think it was for the, three, for the DS. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Let me hear your opinions on the ending. Yeah, so I enjoyed the ending. Um, let's Starting off with the whole Sora disappearing. I felt that was very Kingdom Hearts. Because I even mentioned it on stream when I finished the game. Um, leading up to that point, I was like, is this going to be the first Kingdom Hearts game where we actually have a happy ending? That would be so, like, anti-Kingdom Hearts. We always There's always something at the end that just takes all that happiness away from you. You figure, starting with Birth by Sleep, literally everyone dies at the end of that one. Kingdom Hearts 1, Sora gets ripped away from Kairi. Uh-huh. Siku and Mickey are locked into the darkness. Yep. It's like, we, we've never really had a true happy ending. And... I was so excited for that happy ending, but I think taking it away that last second was really good on their part. I know some people didn't like that, but it I'm, felt most like Kingdom Hearts to me. Uh-huh. I mean, I could see that because people have been waiting technically, what, they're almost 13 years for this game, so they thought, finally, conclusion, and there was that rumor saying that this is gonna, con- everybody's gonna, all the loose ends are gonna be tied, so yeah. Right. Of course, they're not going to tie them all up, though, because they want to make more money, and they definitely want to continue these games. 100%. Yeah. Okay, okay, so there's that ending. How do you feel about the... Z- What's your theory so far on the Zigbar ending and then the secret ending? Now, when it comes to the Zigbar theory, or the Zigbar section, I, I think it fit his character really well, because um, just all the other organization members didn't necessarily get redeemed i don't think that's the right word but they all at the end were weren't really bad people like except for zigbar zigbar was the only one who his last words were kind of just like yeah i think i think uh to go back on that sorry to cut you off um i i think that's why he had that one weird moment where like first of all it makes sense now in with that ending why he's the first of the organization members you meet uh which is in hercules's world yep makes sense and he has that one weird scene where he's watching over Sora, and he's and we know what he's gonna say. He he he's, he gets cut off though. He says, "May your heart be your guiding." Like, and then he cuts off, yep. which makes sense. So I guess that was like foreshadowing, like you said. He he, you see all of them in a sense during the final battle die. All the organization except him. He he takes it into his own hands to like fall off. Yeah. So okay, so basically like. He was just like playing everybody like a fiddle, make you think, okay, he's he's also back. He's gonna go back to his regular body, right? Exactly. When he jumped off, I was like, Yeah, that's Zigbar. Like Zigbar not wanting to die to Sora, wanting to take his own life instead. I was like, that makes sense. And then when you see he's still alive, I was like, Oh, okay, that's why they did it. Now, as far as the foretellers, I'm not too well versed into that story. Um, I know about the Keyblade War and all that, but not necessarily, like, which one each of them represents and stuff like that. Because they're all somehow related to the present-day characters, right? In some ways? I don't know. I feel it would be awesome if we had, like, somebody else in here that might know a little bit more. Like I said, that I didn't play the mobile games. I just know the story. I know you can also, um, uh, which I think is an amazing thing that Kingdom Hearts 3 has. Uh, they have, like, a, a, a mode 
it's in the option, it's in the main menu where you can, if you don't know what's going on with the story, it's actually even in your gummy phone, uh, where you can kind of like it, re- it plays videos to recap everything up to that point of Kingdom Hearts three. Is that what the chapters are? There's like six, yeah, something like that. Oh, okay. I haven't watched those yet, but they also put them on YouTube for people. Yeah, maybe want to see it. Um, yeah, that that ending at the time, I wasn't too well versed in the whole foreteller. Like, I knew who they were. I knew the Keyblade War happened, but I had no idea, and I still kind of don't really have an idea of the Master of Masters and who that could be. Um. I'm sure it's going to be some weird Kingdom Hearts plot. I kind of am leaning into somehow it's a time travel thing. So we've met this character before and somehow they went to the past because we've seen time travel and it really seems like that's where Square Enix wants to go between young Xehanort, Xehanort, um, Ansem, all, all of it. And even the ending of this game, some of it dealt with time travel. So I feel like that's kind of the direction they're trying to go. So I could definitely see it being the Master of Masters being someone that we've met who Mm -hmm. somehow got sent to the past and is now looking to mess up the present again. Yeah, I could see that as well because, like you said, time travel, which is a tricky thing because, like... Okay, so, like, one thing a lot of people say, like, wait, if this Keyblade War took place this long, why didn't people like Aqua or Ventus or Terra age? Like, that should have been... Because, like, they met Riku, Sora, and Kairu when they were little kids, yet they looked the same. But I think that's somehow... It's Kingdom Hearts theory because they were, like, trapped in other worlds that they never aged. Like, Roxas was asleep. Or not Roxas, sorry. I keep... Ventus. Ventus. Because I never played Birth by Sleep. I just... Every time I see him, it's just Roxas to me. Yeah. So, Ventus was asleep. So, he was, like, kept in a protected place. So, I'm assuming that's why he couldn't age. He didn't age. Aqua was trapped... Uh, in the dark world, so that's why she didn't age, and Terra probably didn't age because he was already ignored. That's that's my theory on that. Ventus is even more confusing because he, basically, the foretellers picked like a second round of foretellers, um, to like live in this new world, and Ventus is one of those guys. Ooh, good thing you brought that up. That's that's really good. I completely forgot about that. Not only is Ventus one of them, there's another character that apparently was in the same group, and you know who I'm talking about, Marluxia. Marluxia, yep. And his sister. Yeah, Marluxia was apparently also in the organization, which I think foretells maybe when you beat him, he kind of says he's starting to remember what it feels Mm -hmm. to be. So I'm assuming if, well, we know there's going to be another Kingdom Hearts, obviously. Will it be called Kingdom Hearts? That's the big theory because, you know, it. from what I heard, this is supposed to be the end of the Kingdom Hearts chapter in a sense. I mean, it's still going to be, it has to have the Kingdom Hearts name yeah. to sell. I. For sure. But uh, Marluxia was also one of the, one of the originals with Rocks, with Ventus, and they're in, um, where they're one of the original trainees with, with all the other Keyblade warriors and all that. Um, so we'll see what he plays in the next game, maybe I feel like he's going to be in a big player, maybe. Well, the big thing with Marluxia, though, is he, as of this point, at least, from what I've heard, he hasn't been able to summon a Keyblade yet. We don't know if he can. And the theory is he may have killed his sister because they're the new foretellers, one of them is actually a chosen one. One of them killed Marluxia's sister 
and then mm. as her in her place, but no one knows who it is. Now the secret reports kind of hint at it being a character named Brain, um, because one of the secret reports mentions a virus in the brain or something like that, and so people connected it. I've, I haven't read the secret reports because I've gotten into that part of the game. But yeah, I I just saw uh, saw the secret reports too, along with the uh, the secret boss. I saw them because uh, once again, and a shout out to I'm sure a lot of people know Keyblade Sarah. I saw her YouTube video of her doing the final boss and reading the secret reports. But I personally didn't finish the video. I just saw the secret boss for a little bit because for me, it's like, oh, I want to be in that moment, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna go in there and I uh, like I want to go face the secret boss. Because uh, we all know secret bosses are the most fun thing in Kingdom Hearts because they're supposed to be the most challenging. Uh, Shoutouts to Sephiroth, which is a lot of people <laughs> love Sephiroth for Kingdom Hearts 1. And he comes back in Kingdom Hearts 2, if I remember. Yep. Uh, but Kingdom Hearts 1, I, the struggle, I remember I couldn't beat him, obviously, at that age when I was like, what, 14? But down the road, when I was a little bit older and I felt like my gaming skills were a little bit better, I faced him again and finally beat him because he has one ability that pretty much destroys you which is he drains your HP and your MP to, like, one instantly. And if you can survive that, then you're good, I think. But, yeah, there's secret files. Uh, Apparently that's supposed to fill in more backstory. Yeah. So we'll see how all that plays out. Like you said, we know Nomura is notorious for just, like, like he even, I think he mentioned in an interview, he didn't wasn't sure Kingdom Hearts two was even going to get made, which is why he did a that secret ending in case it was made. Like, oh, this could set up a possible sequel. Same thing with Kingdom Hearts two. He put a secret ending in case there's a Kingdom Hearts three, and there there is one. It just took five other iterations of the game for it before it finally came out. Now, since you mentioned Sephiroth. What did you think about him not being in the game? Because I know a lot of people are, are Square Enix characters in general just not appearing in the game. Okay, okay. That, yeah. So before I, I played the game, I had a, somebody in my Discord mention uh, who just popped in. Didn't spoil anything. Just said, dude, it sucks. Apparently there are no uh, Square Enix characters in this game. Like he found out and I was like, oh, damn. That sucks. I expected some Square Enix characters, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say like maybe the reason they weren't introduced is because realistically, if so, in Kingdom Hearts one, two, and past Kingdom Hearts, they're shown. You see people like Squall, Leon, Yuffie. The list goes on. A lot of mm-hmm. Final Fantasy characters, but I felt they didn't play such a big role in the past games, which would make sense why they can't. I don't think they would be necessary in this game. I mean. They they have moments like there was, in Kingdom Hearts two, Leon Squall and Yuffie and all them. They help you sort of in the final battle. Like they 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 fight. You see them fight some of the Heartless, yep. uh, stuff like that. Um, I know Cloud was a big uh, part in the Dream Drop Distance. Was it? I think where Hades tried to trick him into like uh, he used them and Sephiroth in a way to I don't know. He was like they're they're like an important plot point. I think uh, Hades. Cloud is shown a little bit. I think this in Hades. Um, when you see Hades in that world, I think he kind of they mentioned that that plot. So. Yeah, 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 like the, he, the little statues. He's like, oh, you this. He ruined his plan. No, no, no. It's it's when they recap why Hades is back at it again, trying to summon the the Titans. Yeah, they show how they meant. They show how 
they show the picture or a stone picture of uh, Cloud, Sephiroth, and how Hades tried to use him for his first plan, but it got spoiled by Sora, all that stuff. But I think it's good. I honestly felt, I didn't feel like uh, I was cheated out not having any square characters. Like, I think they were necessary. So I'm I'm okay with it. I it would have been I think it would have been a cool little though tidbit if they brought back Sephiroth again just as another secret boss. I think that'd been entertaining. But I'm happy with not them not being in there. I think my biggest thing with Sephiroth coming back is um at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, Sephiroth disappears with Cloud. Because Cloud has to face his dark side, which is Sephiroth. So I feel like I would rather them explore that than Sephiroth just come at come back as a secret boss. Um, but yeah, I agree with it. Um, yeah. Someone who's not connected to the Final Fantasy games, since I've never played them, um, I didn't feel any of those characters really played a role in past games. They kind of help you out with like tutorial stuff. For example, uh, Leon slash Squall teaches you how to use the Keyblade by fighting you in Traverse Town in Kingdom Hearts 1. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, they don't really serve much of a purpose. Sid was always your, like, tech guy, but uh, Ienzo slash Zexion kind of replaced that. So I feel like they kind of replaced them with Kingdom Hearts characters. Although I was a little disappointed we didn't go to Radiant Garden. I think that would have been fun to be able to interact with Zexion and Alias and all those characters. Um, Dylan. Just in this hub world. Which... They could always add in free DLC because they did say they are making free DLC and they're making yeah. um, paid DLC. Yeah, um, I th- from what I from what I from rumors, you know, it's, there's always rumors out there. Rumors are saying some. Uh, I know about the free and the paid DLC, but apparently this DLC is gonna fill in the plot holes of some of the story. Like, how did uh, Shion come back? Apparently, one of the DLC is gonna deal with Shion. Mm. Uh, another DLC might deal with, um, I think, I'm hoping maybe one of the DLC uh, deals with the training with, uh, I feel like I would have been awesome if they showed the training with Axel and, and Kyrie because I feel like that could have gone somewhere. But we'll see, because like, they're training, but you never get to see it, which I feel like should be important. Cause, like, But it sucks. Also, uh, speaking of Axel and Kyrie, I felt, honestly, uh, I don't know if I can say this word on your stream. What is this stream like? Or your this podcast like mature podcast basically? Go ahead. Uh, I felt they got game. Both of them. not Kyrie so much because she's a plot point. More Axel. Like he becomes a Keyblade wielder. He literally gets like no offense. He gets his Keyblade. He gets destroyed. His Keyblade gets destroyed, which is so weird. Like yeah. it gets destroyed, yet he has it again. Like. Well, no, it's funny. He actually gets destroyed. Actually, no, it does get destroyed by his best friend, in a sense. But it's like, what was the point of them going through that all that training when they literally did practically nothing? Like, they put up almost no fight. Axel gets pretty much beat up. Uh, he gets knocked out in the beginning. I mean, Kyrie put up more of a fight than Axel did. I just didn't understand. I think they just needed, like they said, I think they just needed to fill in like, oh, we need another Keyblade wielder because remember, seven, seven, seven uh, against 13, you know, they need the seven lights. And Axel is a fan favorite. Pretty much the girls love him. Uh, that's, that's, that's the best way I could put it. Uh, he's a cool character. 
uh, he he serves a purpose. You know, he's connected to uh, Roxas and uh, Shion and Sora to a degree because he saved Sora. Um, all that. So yeah. Which the weirdest thing about needing the seven is they had more than seven, but the they couldn't say they had more than seven because you you would spoil Roxas coming back if you were like we have more than seven already. Well, Roxas, because I'm counting Roxas, Aqua, Shion. I would I would count Shion. Shion, uh, Terra. So it's like at the end of the game you have more than seven, but. You couldn't say that because then it's like, well, I can't reveal all of the seven. So I think that's why Axel got a Keyblade. I agree. I think it was, he's a fan favorite. We need to look like we don't have seven and kind of buff up the numbers. Well, let's give Axel a Keyblade, even if Axel does nothing. When it yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what I want to be paid and what I want to be free because I kind of want these like story plots, I kind of want them to be free. Because it feels like it should have been included in the game. But I also understand why they might make it paid. Because it, if it's like, especially if it's extensive story stuff, like two to three hours worth of content, I feel like that should definitely be paid. Okay, I agree with you on that. It, I would consider paid DLC worth it, depending on the amount of hours we're going to spend on it. Uh, like you said, two to three Pretty good for paid DLC, but I would expect I'm gonna say three to four or three to five for me is worth paid DLC. But like you said, if it's gonna be uh fill in the blanks, like hey, where were these characters in these moments? Why do they show up now? That should be free. But if there's yeah. additional content that like furthers apart, like hey, this is actually gonna connect to the next Kingdom Hearts game, then that should be paid. Like for sure. Basically, we're getting like a preview. I, I would love... I don't think they will, because I don't think they necessarily know now, which is why they left it out of the game. Um, I would love to see a DLC of how Sora brought Kyrie back, but I don't think they necessarily know how that's going to happen. So I don't think they'll make it, because they want to finish all the DLC by the end of this year, so they can move on to the next project. Yeah, uh, Nomura said that, that, like, so after King Mars City came out, he said he took a break... Now he's now they're back together. The studio's back together to start working on the DLC. So we'll see what happens. But he does say all the DLC will come out in 2019. So there's a, there's probably going to be a good amount. Um, and then I'm assuming they're going to work on Kingdom Hearts four. I mean, it's got to be a fourth one. But leading into Kingdom Hearts four, the last ending that you didn't talk about yet, your opinion on it, the secret ending, the real oh, secret yes. ending, ending, the real secret ending, of course. Um. It was weird. I've only seen it like two or three times. I think it's definitely something you have to see multiple times to kind of get. Because on my first watch, I think I was just so hyped about beating the game that I didn't know what was happening. I was just like, okay, Sora's here. Oh, wait, Riku's here now. Oh, Yazora. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Okay. So, but after watching it again and again, um, I don't know. I It feels like a Kingdom Hearts secret ending. And there's theories left and right, and it's like, we never really know with Kingdom Hearts. You figure, I remember when people saw the Kingdom Hearts 2 secret ending, everyone thought it was uh, Kyrie, Riku, and Sora in their Keyblade armor, and then it ended up being hinting at Birth by Sleep with Terra, Aqua, and Ventus. 
So it's like, you never really know. I think, I agree. I think the next world is going to deal with the world that ends with you. Because they were introduced in uh, Dream Drop Distance. Yeah. And now that city, because I saw, I forgot whose video. I think it was Skyward Wings video that I saw. Um, where they dis- where he discussed the tower being from the same mm-hmm. world. I never personally played that game. Um, yeah, me neither, so don't worry about it. <laughs> really, no. But from what I understand is they're, like, trapped in a video game, and they have, like, a clock on their hand, and that's, like, their life, basically. So I could definitely see Sora somehow getting trapped in a similar type of game with Yazora. Yeah. And maybe Riku. I, I'm kind of hoping that Kingdom Hearts 4, not necessarily the next Kingdom Hearts game, which I'll get into a little more after this, but um, I'm hoping in Kingdom Hearts 4, we at least start off playing as like Riku or Kairi, not Sora, because I kind of want it to be a mission of trying to find Sora for once, instead of them just kind of being like, okay, let's introduce Sora back. Let's journey at least for a little bit on finding Sora and trying to get back to him. Okay. I actually, to add to what you just said, uh, I, f- I think that's, I think that's the direction they're also going because now Sora is the one that's lost. Yeah. Um, and it didn't make sense. And then especially on the ending where uh, Riku shows up on the gummy ship and picks up Nomine, I'm assuming Riku thinks Nomine can somehow help locate Sora. Maybe this is why he's taking her with her. With him, and he has the gummy ship now, which means he can travel two worlds. Which is, I'm assuming, he's trying to look for Sora because yeah. now it's like Sora, you rescued me, you found me. Now it's my turn to repay the favor. Let me uh, go get you. Speaking of that, Riku, I felt I wish there was more Riku moments because I think Riku probably had some of the best moments, even though they were short, like fighting. And Riku has one of the probably baddest scenes in the game where he stands up as one of the final two people before, like. Yeah. Because he's a Keyblade master, which is funny. Because if you think about it, there are Keyblade wielders, but then there's only four masters. No, there's only two masters technically. Technically, according to the lore, it would be Aqua and Riku. Isn't Mickey technically a master? Or yeah, oh, actually, there's three of them. Yeah, it's them three. And and I guess uh, what's the name of the wizard? I guess he's a former master. Yeah, he. I don't know how it works, but he somehow renounced his mastery. Yeah. Uh, Merlin, not Merlin. Merlin's the uh, other wizard. Gensid. Yeah, yeah, Gensid. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, the, the three masters that we know of, well, is um, Aqua, Mickey, and Riku, which was surprising. When I played Dream Drop Distance, that Riku became a master before Sora was really surprising because, but Riku came a long way. He was, he fell into the darkness, came back out thanks to Sora. You would think Sora at this point would be, I, here's, a, here's how I feel about Sora. Realistically, he is a master in his own way because he's basically always like doing the most. But they every game has this thing where like Sora, which is why I'm hoping if there is a if uh, well we know there's gonna be another one. Yeah. Um. Please don't do this again, uh, Square. Do not make Sora stupid or weak. Like, oh, he lost all. Well, he's probably gonna lose all of his abilities because he probably wasted them all saving Kyrie. So another yeah. reason to train him up. But like. The best thing about playing as Riku in Kingdom Hearts 3 is that he's already overpowered because he, he's a master. He doesn't lose anything. Like when you start off with Riku, he has his dashes are way better than Sora's dashes. He like disappears. He like 
he is a badass. Like Riku is a pretty much he has all the abilities already. Like if you if you pause, you know how you can pause and check your abilities during any point in the game. Mm-hmm. Abilities with Riku, he's just like loaded with abilities because he's a master. Them, but you could you could do it really quickly. You could. He's mm-hmm. loaded with abilities, um, and I felt they made. Um, I mean, Riku looks strong in this game. So that's Sora looks stupid in this game, realistically. Like, I mean, he mentions at one point that he can't count. So, yeah, I mean, and he, they, even his own teammates. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a joke, like Donald and Goofy, like, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's a gag. It's a, you need to have your laughs in there. But it's like they they roast Sora a lot in the game. Oh, like, yeah. like Sora is so incompetent in this game. They make you feel like he's incompetent, and. It doesn't. It does feel like that because obviously the whole point of Kingdom Hearts Three is Sora. You need to get your power back. Uh, you need to revisit all these worlds, discover why you're why. Um, uh, what do you call it? Why you're even doing this? Like you know, like it's kind of like throwback to Kingdom Hearts One and Two. You know, courage, uh, friendship, um, stuff like that. Like he needs to really get the power waking. And it's funny because towards the end, they're like, dude, you had it the whole time. Like, you know, you, I, like Roxas pretty much says it was in you the whole time. And Yen Sid makes it seem like, oh, uh, well, no, you need to travel to all these worlds to get that power waking back. It's yeah. like, like, dude, Roxas just pretty much told Sarah, no, it was, you didn't really need to do all any of this. It was already in you. Like, it, I, I don't like that. I kind of feel like, why would Yen Sid send Sora out on these missions? When Roxas said, no, it was in you, it'll just come out at the most crucial moments, which it did every time. It also seems, though, according to Mickey, that even though Sora has the power of waking, that he doesn't know how to use it, which is why Sora disappeared at the end. Because when Mickey talks to him at the end, um, he tells him, like, you're using this power of waking, like, too much or something like that. But you're supposed to use it to bring hearts back, but instead he uses it to find hearts or something like that. I forgot the wording exactly, but it's something like that. Like, it's not, it's apparently not the way you're supposed to use it, which would be interesting to see the proper way to use it, I guess. Yeah, like you said, Mickey mentions that if you use it, basically Mickey says it in a way like, if you use it again, it's going to backfire and you're not going to come back. Yeah, which which would set up why we see Sora in another world alone. He's confused, which would connect Kingdom Hearts, the next Kingdom Hearts game, and why Kyrie's back, but just no Sora this time. But uh, yeah, that's that's the power of waking. It's never really. I mean, a lot multiple characters mention like, oh, you should know this. You should know this. Like, what was it? The little the little 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 tiger Charity. teddy bear guy. Charity mentions it too. Like, oh, you should remember how to do this. Yep. Like. And then Roxas even mentions it when he comes out in his big moments. Like, oh, I, w- I just needed a reason to come back out. Like, and he came back out. And the reason was um, to save uh, Axel and Shion and all that. Like, and it's funny because, like, when he, in those moments, he sort of even says, oh, I remember now. Like, uh, the biggest one being the Roxas one where he, he goes back. Throw back to Kingdom Hearts one, the panel. Um, wait, wait, was it him or was it for Ventus? No, it was for Ventus actually. It was for Ventus. Yeah, it was for Ventus. Yeah, where he goes back to the old glassy, colorful panel, 
but in, and it shows the Kingdom Hearts one. But instead, he when he opens the that a throwback to uh, Aqua Ventus and Terra, like all that. Um, but yeah, I just I, we'll see what happens in Kingdom Hearts. Um, what else can we talk about? Oh, quick note, I want to add this. Who mm-hmm. the hell? Because we never see him again. You know the final fight, the the at the at the at the Keyblade War area. Uh-huh. So, spoilers once again. I mean, this has been spoilers the whole time. Yeah. So, the um, where they all get taken away, right? The scene where they pretty much get all get destroyed. Donald pretty much dies. Um, oh, not pretty much. Apparently, that's what they're trying to go with. Uh, yeah. Everybody gets taken away to the darkness. Riku has this badass moment where he's trying to defend Sora one last time. Um, somebody. So then they re- they replay that scene again. You know, he, he basically goes back in time. Like, it's a reset, right? Yeah. Some This time, the only difference is Sora get, already knows what's going to happen. So he gets in the way of, like, the attacks. He protects. But there's one person that shows up. Supposed to be Terra in his armor. But who was that? We never get to see that person again. I don't know what that was. So that was actually a secret boss in Kingdom Hearts 2 that um, kind of hinted at our secret boss in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Yeah. Kind of hinted at how strong Terra really is. It's, from what I understand, it's his heart inside his armor. It's called Lingering Will. And it's what happens at the end of Birth by Sleep is um, when him and Xehanort fight, his armor, like, has the Keyblade still and goes down into the ground with the Keyblade and kind of lays there. And Sora, at the end of uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix finds this Keyblade and is able to fight Lingering Will. So that's oh. what was it's it's Terra being Terra protecting his friends one last time, which he protects them again, obviously later when you go yeah. fight Terra Nort. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Since I didn't, I, the funny thing is, in order to prepare for this Kingdom Hearts three, my sister, who is also a Kingdom Hearts fan, because I think she's a fan because of me. Like, so <laughs> I, me and my sister, we're obviously we're obviously older now. Um, she still plays games. Uh, that's one thing we have in common. We always played games growing up. She would watch, and Kingdom Hearts being a single player game, she would watch me play these games, which is how she became a fan. She would watch me play like. It's funny. Um, she like after school we'd come home and she's like, "Oh, hey, are you gonna play that game?" And I'd be like, "I don't know. Maybe it depends if I have homework or something." She she would ask me because she wants to watch me play and beat it. So I would. So that's one thing we shared that I would play the game. She would just sit there and watch me play, beat these games. Um, so to prepare for this, I didn't buy them, but she had them. The you know the mixes, the final mixes, the two point eight, the uh, one point eight, all that. Yeah. So I would yeah. I borrowed yeah. those from her to prepare for Kingdom Hearts 3. So I I didn't borrow 2.8, so I didn't know that he was a secret boss. So that's... Now, thank you for answering that. Now it makes sense who that guy was, why he's even there, and th- th- disappeared. Like, literally, like you don't see him again. I was like, wait, shouldn't he come out? And I thought he, like, would have destroyed uh, Terra Nort, basically, because he pretty much blasts him into, like, oblivion, but yep. he survived, so, you know. Two of the biggest things that I felt Kingdom Hearts 3 was missing, besides some of the obvious things, like, uh, obviously, Obliv- uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Oathkeeper and Oblivion, right? That's the other? No. Yeah. Ob- yeah Oblivion's the, the, the one, yeah, and Oathkeeper, yeah. Um, 
we saw in Birth by Sleep that Keyblade wielders had Keyblade armor, um, like the Lingering Will. So I thought that was going to play a role somehow, because that's what they do in the original Keyblade War. Everyone had Keyblade armor. So I was really excited to see Sora in a Keyblade armor. That didn't happen. And number two was in the tech demo for uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, which was Kingdom Hearts 0.2, Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage, something like that. Um, there was character customization for Aqua. Like, you could unlock special outfits. And I hope in the free DLC, they introduce that as part of, like, the final mix is mm -hmm. things you can unlock and have some of it be free and some of it be, like, paid. Like, oh, for a dollar, you can get uh, Sora's Kingdom Hearts 2 mask from Halloween Town. Stuff like that. Hmm, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, I also agree, like, what happened to this armor? I mean, like, it was featured in Birth by Sleep, it was featured in the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, like, they, like the, the Ventus and Aqua, because we're not including Terra, because, you know, Terra comes yeah. back to them, but eventually down the road. Um, yeah, you would think that they would be like, hey, maybe we should probably rock our armor. It would probably give us more of an advantage. And, um, but they didn't. I also didn't understand how Aqua pretty much, uh, once again, Aqua had a big role when she gets snorted. Mm -hmm. Uh, she gets Ventus back. Well, it's Sora who does, but I mean, her moment fighting, uh, Vanitas is what gets him back. Um, she's also seen weak. Like, I feel like she's supposed to be a Keyblade master. No, should she not like, Show up. I mean, she does have one badass moment where she fights Vanitas, but like, she, you beat him, and then she gets pretty much tricked, like, into sacrificing herself for. But they, but they counter that by saying she just woke up, so she's not at her full power. Yeah. But still, I feel like she should have had a bigger. If she's a Keyblade master, just like Riku, she should have survived longer in that final fight before everybody gets taken away to the darkness. Like, she literally gets taken. Like, she doesn't. Like, Ventus pretty much stands up for her. The way I see it, and this is just me making excuses at this point for them, because it's not written into the game like it should be. Um, it's, it's the same excuse they gave Sora, except just a lot longer. Like, Sora, we saw lose some of his abilities, right? And he was yeah. in the darkness for, like, what, maybe 30 minutes tops at the end of Dream Drop Distance, and yet he loses a lot of his strength, apparently. So we know Aqua's been there for at least 10 years, more than that. Now. Yeah. She mentions, they mentioned that she's been there for a decade. Yeah. So it's like, I'd imagine not only being in the darkness for that long, but being norted like she was, um, she lost a lot of her powers. But I agree. I feel like she should have still been strong enough, especially during that final fight. Against Vanitas, I understand her losing because Vanitas is supposed to be this super strong um character that has fallen into darkness so he's supposed to be ventus's equal except stronger because he's given into the darkness completely whereas ventus hasn't necessarily given into the light completely um, yeah so against vanitas i understand why she was a little weak but against just that whirlpool i don't think any of them should have been bodied by that whirlpool like i get why they did it 
to kind of show Sora's like raw moment because I mm-hmm. him crying over his friend was great and Riku telling him like you don't really believe that you're weak you just need to see that you're actually strong I think that was a perfect moment but I think mm-hmm. it's been better against either like Ansem or Terranor like one of the main bads kind of sending them all into darkness instead of just this weird random enemy that they seem to love so much because they had it show up like four times in the game oh yeah yeah well um to also go with that uh yeah like you said i that that's i said i understand the first vanitas fight that's why they mentioned oh yeah sora mentions you're not even at full power let me deal with vanitas yeah so but yeah in that final fight i think she should have a bigger role i mean at this point they make Terra well, Terra because the only reason Terra wasn't a master is because he f- he fell to the darkness, killed his master. Uh, but I think if you had to go by tier, I would think Terra is probably the strongest of the three of them. Oh yeah, I would 100%. think. So, yeah, I mean, he was able to hold his master's heart in himself, and he was able to come back from darkness, even though it was thanks to also Ventus when he mentions Terra. At least I kept my promise. And then he comes back, but obviously Terra is strong as hell. Like he's supposed to, because if he wasn't strong, his master would not say, "Take care of them for me." Like he knows yeah. Terra is probably the stronger of the three of them. I think I think Terra's problem is similar to Riku's problem, but the difference is Riku has overcome it, which I think could lead to an interesting plot point, where Terra kind of took Riku under his wing originally, which is why Riku has the ability to hold the Keyblade. Yep. But I think it could become interesting to see Riku teach Terra how to control the darkness. Because Terra's biggest problem is he hasn't really been able to control that darker side, which is what makes him weaker than the others, is the fact that he gives into the darkness too much. But I think if he can control it, like Riku learned how to control it, Terra would be one of the best, for sure. Yeah, um, but I think at this point, the way the ending worked out, um, I think Terra's just back now. Like he's, I don't think he has any darkness yeah. in him because he was able to come back uh, from the darkness. Because even that that scene, that epic scene where like he grabs uh, Terra Nort, oh and he's like, "One day I will. One day he's been until he finally talks and says, one day I will protect my friends.'" And uh, yeah, no. he and he comes back from the darkness. He does. He does do it. Uh, I think uh, we'll see where that goes if they ever play a point. But I feel like, based on the ending, it feels like they just—they're done. Like we're done. Yeah, we're no we longer we 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 don't we don't care about the uh, another fight. Keep like we're done. Let us just live our lives. But like I said, we'll see what happens because I feel like there are new key players. Will Sora need help? But I, I think it. Based on the secret ending also, I'm just going to say maybe they're just going to focus on two people, which is Riku and Sora. Sora, yeah. I think it's just going to be... Alright, yeah, and then I think you wanted to talk about something else. or something else that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, so a lot of people are speculating Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to be the next game. For obvious reasons, right? Like, after th- yeah. 4 should come out. But I personally think that it's going to be, like, a side story. I think 4 will eventually get, but I think the next game is going to be more of a side story. Not necessarily 
I mean, it'll matter to the plot because all the games do for whatever reason. Yeah. I think it might be something different. Something similar to Birth by Sleep. Because I think they might want to put a little bit of space in between the ending of 3 and 4. Because I think they're going to want to wait until the PlayStation 5 comes out. Yeah. Whatever the new Xbox is. And they've been pretty consistent with yearly releases. They've missed a couple years here and there. But due to their side stories and their re-releases and stuff like that, they've been hitting almost every year since they've released the game. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be a King... uh, You can't have a Kingdom Hearts 4 with... Once again, being a meme with a Kingdom Hearts 3.5, 3. Point, like it's it's good. There's got to be more stuff in between, because um, I think to them, uh, especially because Nomura, he's a. Uh, I feel like he has like all these ideas in his head. Is like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have these people get their endings. People that that want to see Terra, Ventus, and Aqua happy. They want to see Axel and Roxas and, Nom- and Nomine and Shion, all them happy. But he's like, okay, where do we go, though? Like, uh, he, because even, I think, this game was delayed. Like, this game was delayed a lot. There was, um for multiple reasons. One, the biggest one being that I think uh, Nomura said that he thought he had what he wanted, but it wasn't like his vision. Like, oh no, this is not how I want to end the game. Number two was just like you said, they want to wait for a new system. Uh, that's what they did because it was supposed to come out for PS3. They waited PS4, and also they changed the engine. Like they were almost done with the game. They changed, I think, the engine because there's a tech demo. You, there's a side by side from the first trailer they showed for Kingdom Hearts three to this one because now they use the Unreal Engine. There's a side-by-side where you see how Sora used to look in the old engine and then the Unreal Engine. And I think I did, did an amazing job. they like, you know, let's wait out. Maybe there'll be a better engine that we can use. And it, it showed... The game looks beautiful, number one. Oh, yeah. That's one thing we didn't... Think. The game looks amazing. All the worlds are amazing. Some of the worlds legit feel like you could see this being the actual movie version. A, a, movies like... Or worlds like Frozen, Toy Story, Tangled are the ones that come to mind. Because those yeah. are like... DreamWorks, uh, not DreamWorks. Those are like uh, Pixar movie quality type of worlds. I pulled up a side-by-side of um, the scene in Tangled where Eugene gets stabbed and Mm -hmm. cuts uh, Rapunzel's hair, and it's literally the same scene. Yeah. It looks like, I don't know if they did it, if Disney was just like, here, use this scene, but it looks like they just went, okay, let me take that scene and let me play it for you guys. And let's just kind of put Sora in the background somehow. Was- yeah. I mean, the worlds are amazing. I like how each world has its own... I mean, other than, I think, obviously, like, the three that I just named, they look the same. But some worlds have their own weird look and feel like. I think, okay, first of all, I never watched Big Hero 6. I know it's a great movie I've heard. So a lot of people love that world. Yeah. Uh, um. I had no connection to that world at all. I'm sorry. I had no. I just wanted to get it over with. I did not know any of the characters. I knew who Baymax and the and the main kid are because I've seen trailers for Big Hero Six, but I just didn't know the rest of the team. A uh, world that I want to talk about, which is, I think, just looked. I think looked probably probably is where they put in most of like the overhaul on the engine was the Pirates World. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Uh, the detail um, is amazing. Um, 
kind of weird that they um, used the story of uh, uh, what it Pirates uh, two, right? Yeah, it takes place during Pirates two. I haven't seen the Pirates movies. In yeah, no, yeah. Time. Okay, no, it takes place during Pirates two because uh, so this is a throwback to Kingdom Hearts two, which had which dealt with the first Pirates movie, uh, the yeah. Black uh, Black Pearl, Curse of whatever that was. Because when they see Barbosa again, they're like, hey, it's you. And they're like, oh, but this time he's a good guy. Because if you watch Pirates 2, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, um, that that world was amazing. The 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 only thing I didn't like about that world was the... Um, oh, the crab collecting, maybe? Yeah. I feel like that was, like, really... Like, you didn't really need that. I, I get why they did it. They did it so you had to explore the world. Yeah, to you, yeah, that makes sense. You, and I obviously did explore the world because once again I was on hunting those lucky emblems. I'm like, dude, this world's so big. There's probably so many, especially because you know, thank God for the gummy phone that can track how many emblems are in each world or how many treasures. Yeah, and it tells you which ones you have too. So when you're looking at a guide, you can be like, oh, I'm missing number three. What's number yeah? Three? Okay, awesome. Instead of just like, hey, you have ninety out of. A hundred. Go find the last ten. Have fun. It's- yeah, I I'm not gonna lie. They look at a guide after I beat the game for the items, just to see what item number I was missing. But then when I found when I saw that the only reason you really want to collect all the items is just to be able to build the Ultima weapon, because you get some of the Ultima ingredients in finding some of the treasure items. But most of them are actually gotten through, if I'm correct, uh, the Flan mini games. You have to like per- get the but you have to get like the the perfect not the perfect score but the great uh, score to get yeah. the item. I played one of those mini games and I accidentally did it because I saw this giant heartless in the Toy Story world and I was like, "What is this?" I oh yeah, yeah, when you see him. And then it started the mini game and I was like, "Oh okay, I guess there's mini games in this game." Yeah, um, from what I heard though, I don't know what the hell. So people were t- people when I saw when I. Google, what the hell are these flan things minigames? They said that in order to unlock them, you just have to beat the world first. But I found them while I was playing the world. I was like, yeah. wait, I didn't even, I didn't finish it yet, but I already found them. Hmm. So I don't know if that was um, maybe due to a patch, because we all know um, there was that, that story about like um, early copies of the games got stolen, they were leaked, they were sold. Some stores, pop, mom and pop shops, which they do generally, they sell the game they get the games early. I used to work at a Target, so I know how it works. Like we get, we legit would get a game two weeks, three weeks before it's not even ready for release date, but we just have mm-hmm. them. We just can't put them out on the on the shelves. Yeah. So I would understand why there was um already like people were uh, putting spoilers on Twitter, uh, going into streams, uh, people playing other Kingdom Hearts game in preparation for Kingdom Hearts three, dropping spoilers. Um, there was that story that they had to patch out the ending. Yep. And the ending wasn't shown until day of release. Like they, there was a, a day one patch which would unlock the regular ending, and then I think the second day after release, they patched it again for the uh, so you can unlock the secret ending. Yeah. So that my, people couldn't spoil it. Some of my friends who weren't on the up and up with the uh, like the spoiler information and stuff like that, like who don't necessarily follow the news. But they like the Kingdom Hearts games enough to buy the third one. Um, talk to me about the two patches, and we're like, 
it's only like day two and there's already been two patches. Is this game terrible? And I had to explain to them like, no, it's it's because of the early copies. They wanted to make sure that no one could spoil the true ending yet. Stuff like that. And they were like, oh, okay. They ended up liking the game for the most part. That's the thing. I haven't really heard anyone who was a fan of Kingdom Hearts, like, hate the game. I think there's a lot of people who expected a little too much from the game, maybe. Um, and there's bits and pieces that everyone doesn't like. But that's kind of to be expected with video games. I've never met a video game where I'm like, I liked every single detail. It had everything I wanted. Like, even Spider-Man, which is my game for 2018. Yeah, I've heard great things about Spider-Man. Uh, there's a reason why, I, to this day, I have not watched anybody play that game. Because, number one, Spider-Man is my favorite, to this day, uh, Marvel superhero. Yeah. Uh, I heard amazing things about it. I'm glad. Uh, Insomniac Studios is one of those studios that I know back since the PlayStation 3 era. Because they they did games such as Ratchet & Clank. Yep. Although they did PlayStation 2, but I mean, like... Actually, no, play, going all the way back to PlayStation 2 even like stuff like that or like ratchet and clank uh another game that had a good um a good series going for it, but then i think it fell off after the third one by the third one it, what was the game it was called it was like a sleeper hit it was um i can't was think of the name jack and dexter no jack and dexter is naughty dog which is another naughty amazing dog. studio um they did a game it had to do with war it was like a what if scenario what if we were fighting aliens Oh man! Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the cover of it. I never played it. As a soldier, who his name was Hale or something like that. It was um. I gotta look it up. Maybe I'll look it up now. That's what I'm doing right now too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold up, Insomniac. Not Edge of Nowhere, no. Resistance. Resistance. There you go. Yeah, Resistance. Go. So they did Resistance. And I only know about them. That's what made me uh, appreciate them. Because I, when the PlayStation 3 launched, they only had like a, a few games. And there was two games that came out of that that I bought by mistake that actually turned out to be amazing games. Um, it was Resistance and Uncharted. And we know the success of Uncharted. Like, but this is a Kingdom Hearts 3 podcast. So we'll, that can be left for another day. But uh, yeah. Uh, what else can we talk about? And this game. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. To go with your theory, but like the spoilers and you have friends who enjoyed it and people that don't enjoy it are usually not real fans. I, I can see that. Like, like I said, that's why I think if you're coming into Kingdom Hearts 3, playing it because you know everybody's going to be playing it, especially like I'm sure it was like the hype game on Twitch. That's why I didn't stream it on Twitch because I was like, my reason for not streaming it on Twitch, people ask me, are you going to stream it? You've been talking about it. You're excited. I even did a giveaway for a copy of the game before it came out. Like, um, I was like, you know what? I want to stream it because it'd be fun to stream it and enjoy it with my audience. But I don't want to stream it because when I started seeing the whole spoiler thing, I was afraid that somebody might come in, some like asshole might come in and be like, hey, by the way, this is going to happen at the end. So I was afraid of that. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stream it. I'm, this is. I feel like I would enjoy the game more too if I play it off stream. I don't have to... Not saying chat is distracting, but if I can just fully enjoy the game, not have to worry about looking at my chat, uh, what's going on in my chat, stuff like that. Like if I can just fully at my own pace, because I, like I said, I'm one of those people that certain games, I want to find all the secrets. So I feel like if I did stream it, you would just see me running around a lot in the world, trying to find all these Mickey Mouse symbols. Because 
I spent so much time looking for those things. It would people would have been like, "Oh, dude, this dude's still in this world." I thought he'd be already in the next world because I I know some people just ran through the game like they just got to the world. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like ran through the world, beat it. If you got stuff along the way, great. But next on to the next world. Let's get let's get to the end. Me, it was more like, dude. Like I think it, when I saw somebody's, you know, that shows your completion hours at the end. I was like, dude, I spent so much time looking for those symbols. But had I known if I should, because I started off on normal. Had I known that I should have just done proud mode and I would have locked the secret ending with less than what you really needed, maybe that would have been a better idea. I did proud mode, and I think I have it on Twitter. But I think I did it in twenty-seven hours, twenty-seven and a half hours, something like that. And I went into the game with the intention of. Because it was definitely a choice whether or not to stream it, but I just... Kingdom Hearts is one of my favorite games, and I had been playing all of the other games leading up to it, so I felt mm-hmm. like I just had to stream it. But I also was afraid of spoilers and stuff like that, so I purposely tried to get through it as fast as possible, which has its ups and downs. Good thing, nothing got spoiled for me, and I still enjoyed the game a lot. One of the downsides is... Like you said, I didn't really get to take my time exploring everything, um, which is definitely why I want to play through it again. But I'm waiting out for critical mode because, yeah, proud was a little too easy, especially coming off of critical modes from the previous games. Um, like right now, I'm playing through Birth by Sleep, and that critical mode is kicking my butt again because I haven't played critical mode in years, basically. Yeah. So it's like. No, I get it. And I feel like. Knowing Nomura, maybe he's going to throw in a little bit of like, hey, if you be critical mode, maybe you get something. Because as this all DLC is coming out, he could throw in little secrets of reasons to play the game again, like other than the DLC. Because I'm assuming the DLC is going to be like on the main menus and be like, oh, hey, extra this. Like it's going to be an yeah. extra thing. But maybe he'll throw in a reason to go back and play the game again, like, like you said, critical mode or something like that. But we'll see. You know, this game, I mean. I think the DLC is just pretty much what everybody's waiting, right? Because we we still have Kingdom Hearts has always been infamous for we get more questions than answers. Yeah. So that's pretty much what we got with that ending: more questions than answers. I mean, we got a good amount of answers, but now a whole new set of questions. Like, wait, what? What? Do we, wait, Sora is he gone? Riku's there too. It looks like a real. That's why I threw a theory out that maybe Disney's going to be out of this next one because. They showed no Disney characters. The world looked super realistic. We'll see what happens. Disney would be dumb to be like, hey, let's not partner up with Square again. Like, they saw how many copies it shipped, how many it sold. Disney would want a piece of that. So, yeah. But, but I actually would be okay with Sora not having Donald and Goofy. Not saying they were useless because they're not, they're not, they're, I mean, that's been the meme with them. They're pretty much yeah. useless. You do all the work. Even if you tell Donald, uh, oh, he, uh, heal me, because that's the joke with Donald. He never heals you. Um, Goofy is like pretty much the best out of the... Th- you and Goofy yeah. can pretty much beat the entire game. Donald's like not even necessary. Um, but I would be okay with them departing from Disney. I feel like... Oh, this is what I want to bring up. Now it came to me. So apparently, uh, Yasora and why the characters... Because that trailer or that scene... Where he's fighting these giant robots, saving this random girl, and the characters look a lot like the Final Fantasy fifteen characters, and that is because apparently those characters were supported. They, 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 there's videos on it. Yasora looks exactly like the main character from Final Fantasy 
uh, 13 Versus, which is a game that was supposed to come out years ago, which never came out. Mm-hmm. And Final Fantasy 15 got made, which is why a lot of people said, oh, hey, Yosora and those guys look a lot like the Final Fantasy 15 characters. Like, there's a character that looks exactly like a Final Fantasy. They All of them do. Guy with glasses, I'm, he has red hair in the in that Kingdom Hearts 3 thing. Yeah. In Kingdom Hearts, in Final Fantasy 15, he has brown hair, but he has the glasses, looks exactly like him. Because apparently Final Fantasy 15 was what Final Fantasy 13 was supposed to be, but Nomura never got a chance to make Final Fantasy 13 versus. So, which is why a lot of people say Nomura's admitted, yep, uh, Yasoro and all them, this is what Final Fantasy 13 versus was supposed to be. This is what it would have looked like. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, the future is uncertain with Kingdom Hearts. Um, so many possible things. New players, same, maybe some of the same characters will come back. Maybe new characters will get introduced. Because, God, I mean, they could, I mean, if, if for, all, for all we know, maybe Keyblades are obsolete in the next Kingdom Hearts. Because, like, what's the point of Keyblades? But, I mean, they have to exist. They have the Elders and the, the, Master of Masters of the box. That box, still nobody to this day knows what's in there. Like they it better be I feel like it has to be something epic. Like if it's if we get an ending and we open that box and it's like something so stupid, I would be mad. But I don't know what to expect anymore. It's just all the selfies you took in Kingdom That's all it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty much. That I can see that. Uh, people love that. I did mess around with the camera. Uh but I like there was some, like I said, because the game looks amazing. There's some moments you just want to capture on the camera, but I think that was pretty uh, hilarious that they introduced the camera. Uh, you could take some pretty epic. I like that you could literally take a picture during a boss fight and just hopefully you get a good picture out of it. But uh, yeah, the gummy phone. I didn't. I didn't even play any of the. I think I only played one of the eight uh, bit games that you can play through mm-hmm. the gummy phone. You get a Keyblade if you play through all of them and get the high scores. I haven't done it yet, but that was... Oh, I didn't even know that. Ratatouille Keyblade are the two that I don't have. Hmm. I don't, it's, I don't know if it's worth it. Speaking of Ratatouille, real quick. I see people have problems with this, and I did it in the beginning, but then I mastered it after, like, I, I went back. All right, let me try. Breaking the eggs yeah. in Ratatouille minigame is, like, probably... The, I can see why people start with it. It's the hardest thing to get it right, because it... You have to split the egg apart and get it perfectly right before you drop it. I don't know if I just had great luck, but on my second try, I did it. Like, as soon as I tried it the second time, I got it. And I was like, this doesn't seem hard. Maybe I'm not understanding. But the first try, I just did it way too fast because I just automatically, like, pressed the thumbsticks all the way out. And it just, like, broke the egg. And I was like, oh, I guess you have to do it slowly. So the second try, I did it slowly and was able to do it. But it definitely, I could definitely see why people have problems with it. Yeah, um, I think for the Ratatouille thing, I enjoyed it. I think it was a, a nice little distraction, you know. Every now and then you want to go uh, try to five-star your restaurant. I think I only got a four-star as my first playthrough. There's a couple things. I, I pretty much, I think I mastered all the regular menu. But the special mm-hmm. menu is a little bit harder because it's like, uh, it's. I think it's two times harder to get like the excellent on those because it's a little bit uh, trickier. I didn't do any of the special menu. I only did a couple of the menu items because I didn't use the menu items during the game. So I was like, this this is a fun distraction, but this is something I'll do on my own time off stream type of thing. 
Yeah, I didn't really. I know they give you buffs if you use a certain amount of them, and then you have the chef's choice, which would pick your best ones to give you the most buffs. But like you said, I didn't use them. They they weren't even necessary, realistically. Like you didn't really need to any of those buffs. Like 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 you said, proud mode. A lot of people talked about proud mode. Not that not that hard. Like you can, and I know it's been a joke. You can beat the game by just spamming um, your. Uh, did you call it X? You can just pretty much X your way to a victory. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. You true. It's true. Like the attractions are just there. They they I mean they they are um hit or miss. There were some attractions I hated, some I liked. The one I hated yeah. the most it was the blaster one. I, I'd never liked that one. Every time really? I saw it, I would skip it. I would skip the blaster one. I didn't I like it. That one. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the I think the one I enjoyed the most. Actually, no, wait. Next to the blaster, maybe the one I hated the most, actually. No, I'll give the blaster some, at least a little bit more credit. The carousel one. Please. The carousel one was horrible. Okay. Uh, but I, the one I loved the most that I think was the most fun was... Might have been the splash one. I think that was pretty fun. Really? Wow. Probably what about you? Your, your, your opinions on the attractions? My two least favorites were probably the splash one and the pirate ship. The pirate ship, I kept getting weird camera angles, and I didn't feel like I was hitting anything. Okay, I could see that, yeah. The splash one was okay, but I just, I don't know, I preferred the blasters. Um, The carousel was okay. I guess the carousel and the splash one are on the same level for me. Um, The splash one was easy to control, but I felt like it didn't do anything to the enemies. Whereas the carousel... Once you got the timing down, it was super easy to do a lot of damage. Um, yeah. The teacups were weird. Yeah, the teacups were, like, uh, I think it's just good for a group of enemies, but, yeah. A lot of times, you just you would just end it, just to, just like, yeah. all right, let me get this attraction over. Thank God they gave you the option to end it if you just wanted to end it right away. All right. Well, let's see. What else is, can we talk about with this game? Anything? Any topic you want to um the only other thing on my notes here that i can think of is uh let's take a little step away from kingdom hearts and uh something that i want to try with this podcast is all right introducing people to other people that you might not know of so oh okay ask you who's someone that you like to watch what or just a content creator that you enjoy that it doesn't have to be from the Kingdom Hearts community. It's better if it is, but it doesn't have to be. That you think people should go out and search and try to watch or listen to or whatever they do. Uh, okay, I guess I'm going to mention two people. I mean, yeah. there's so many people I met through Twitch. I went to TwitchCon last year for the first time because yes, I've nice. really been streaming for like a year. Like it's almost going to be my year anniversary. Um, but two people that stick out because these are the two people that actually got inspired me to try uh to twitch stream like they they told me to do it you might like it they were streaming way before me i think their content's great i i'm always usually watching their streams when they're on um one doesn't stream as much as she used to but that's because she's a mom uh her schedule's a little bit different now she streams i think two weeks Two days out of the week, maybe three. Sometimes she'll get a, a weekend stream in. Um, her name is uh, Cat Mom Mippy. It's a uh, Cat Mom, one word, 
uh, underscore Mippy. So that's her. You guys can check her out. She streams uh, Osu mainly and League of Legends. Uh, she might get back into crocheting. Uh, she does. She does a lot of crocheting arts and stuff like that. Um, so that's one. I've, I think I've been watching her for almost two years now. Another one. Uh, her name is uh, Nezba, which is N E Z B A. Okay. I don't know if that's two A's. Let me check. Just because I know there was a point where she, I think she recently changed her name. Let's see. Yeah, it's N E Z B A. So she mainly streams League of Legends. Uh, is her main game, uh, but she streams a variety of games. She plays Dead by Daylight, uh, Fortnite, not that much anymore. Like she, uh, she every now and then she'll play it. Uh, but yeah, it's mainly. But yeah, you guys should check them out. They're they're both amazing content creators. Uh, Mippy's, uh, like I said, she's a mom. She uh, she streams Osu mainly. She has cat cams because I mean you can't be cat mom Mippy without any cats around. <laughs> so. So there's there she has two cams for she has two cats that are always on stream. You'll usually see them sleeping off in the corner. Uh you might see her daughter come in every now and then. Um Nesba, I would the best way to describe Nesba, other than just a good friend, a good person all around, is sassy. Nesba is probably one of the most sassiest streamers I've seen. Like right. she she can take jokes and throw them back at you. Like, trust me, you guys won't be disappointed. Uh if even if you don't like League, you probably will just enjoy the content, like just her personality alone. Uh, but yeah, those are the two people I would say uh, check out. Um, there's like I, w- I wish I could name off uh, uh, other people, but like you said, like the two people that I watch the most, because I watch other people, but those I would say are like the ones I watch the most. But there's people like I'm sure you. Uh, I met you through somebody you know, uh, Sir Kugels, another amazing. Um, content creator. I don't think he streams as much because of work and other things he does. But yeah. Um those but yeah, those two check them out if you if you haven't, if you enjoy their content, you know, maybe stick around, watch some of their uh stream. If not, it's fine, you know. That's the best thing about Twitch is it's you got variety, you got people, you can watch whatever you you want to watch. Sometimes I do watch people play games that I've played. It's fun to see somebody play a game you played beat, see their see them play maybe for the first time, tenth time, whatever. But it's also good to every now and then go and just I'll browse like random channels to see, hey, let's see what what's what's uh what somebody's playing on Twitch. Maybe I'll find the game that I haven't tried and maybe uh meet people that I haven't that will introduce me to games that are amazing like perfect example would be Undertale. I've heard about the game, never played it. Mm-hmm. And then one time, somebody in my chat came in, watched me play the game. They stuck around. They kept, kept coming back. And they're like, hey, maybe you should try Undertale. I feel like you might like it based off the games you're playing. Played Undertale, fell in love with it, met some awesome people through the community. Uh, but yeah, that's the best thing about Twitch is you just... It's just a place for people that enjoy games, that have fun, and connect... Uh, and maybe possibly build friendships. I mean, like, I you can be friends with the person behind the monitor that's just there watching you at, I don't know, 10 p.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m., just anytime you stream, stuff like that. That's what I love about Twitch. All right. I will definitely be giving them a watch, checking out their content. Now, if people want to find you, where should they go? Uh, um, let's see. My Twitch is Wambo Size. Um, 
before anybody says that yes, I get this asked a lot. It's from SpongeBob. No, I've talked <laughs> about it on stream, but I just roll with it. I'm used to it. Uh, uh, my handle is Wambo Size. It's W A M B O S I Z E all together. Um, like I said, in SpongeBob, Patrick says Wombo, not Wambo, but I'll take. I'll, I go with it. Um, that name. I got it years ago from a friend who played poker and mentioned it as saying, like, when he plays, he likes to go, you know how they say, go big or go home? He used to say, I like to go Wambo size. Cause like, I'm going, it's like Wambo. I'm like, he's like, oh yeah, dude, that's like, that's like, I'm going all in. I'm going big. So, and I, that name stuck with me. And I asked him, dude, would you mind if I use that? When I used to play games back in the day, like online games, like MOBAs and stuff. But yeah, uh, Wambo size on Twitch. Wambo size on Twitter, and I guess those are the two main socials I use. I do have a Facebook, I do have a Snapchat, but um, I usually don't use Facebook. If the best way to get to me is Twitter and Twitch, uh, for people that want my Snapchat, no reason why you, maybe you want it. I don't know why you would want it. I mean, I, don't, I snap here and there, but that one you can just if you ever pop in my stream, guys, you guys can ask me for it. I'll give it to you on stream. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. Well, thank you, one of first guest on this podcast. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it, man. And I uh, can't wait to see what else you come out with in the future of these podcasts. I'm I'm so excited. And this went a lot longer than I expected, but I'm glad it did. So, yeah, I mean, what a way to kick off the first one, right? And I will talk to you later, dude. Yeah.